Welcome to Working Matters. I'm Claudia Rimple. And I'm Carl Edwards. Today we're continuing our series on lessons from American Idol. Did you remember to vote this week? I couldn't get through this week. (laughs) You gotta stick with it. I know, but after two hours, you know, I kind of give up. Okay, so do you think these guys are really as best buddies as they make like they are, or is this a cutthroat competition going on? Well, there must be some cutthroat competition going on, and that's our topic for today, competition amongst team members. Yeah, I mean, in one real sense, they are having a good time together and are building some camaraderie, and I'm sure Chris Richardson really does wish the best for Blake, but um, fact of the matter is, Ryan had a good point when he asked, so... You do want to win, don't you? So really our topic, our underlying topic today, our lesson is competition in the workplace. That's right. Each week we have a different tension here. In one sense, we're all in this together, and the success of the company depends on all of us doing as well as possible, in which case we want our coworkers to succeed and do well. In another sense, though, money's limited. There's um, few positions at the top, and... We want it, and sometimes that comes at the expense of someone else. So let's look at this from two angles. One, there's a certain amount of competitiveness that's just going to be built into the system. It's neither good nor bad. It's just the reality we want to come to terms with. On the other hand, in some workplaces, we are working with people with kind of hyper-competitive personalities. And even if the structure of our situation isn't competitive, they need to win, and they need to look good, and we need to deal with that. So let's start first with this competitiveness that may be built into a workplace structure. What do you mean by that? For example, when it comes to a promotion, there's maybe only one opening, and there may be two to four people who want to have that. And it's just just the structure of the situation. It's no one's fault. You're not against each other, but you're just both career-wise, you're ready to make that move up, and only one of you can get it. So it's just that's the, the structure. Or could be built in with... Work goals, you know, the person with the most sales gets the bonus, gets the family vacation to Hawaii. And that's a motivational gift that the company offers to encourage, you know, kind of a performance boost. And, you know, the reality is that only one person gets to go on that trip. So it it creates a competitive structure. That's what I mean by built into the system. The system itself is I need to get more sales than you. How do you coexist in this kind of environment? That is a great question. This is one of the real toughies because these things exist in tension. It's a both-and situation. You really do appreciate the other members on the team. You depend on them for the contribution they make. You know that unless you all go forward, none of you really goes forward. And yet, ultimately, only one person is going to be the next American Idol, and, and you want it to be yourself. So this is your task, is to hold these two things in, in tension. And for situations that takes the whole team forward, you want to root for your coworkers, you want to help them, you want to be an ally, because you want them to perceive you positively for when you need the team effort and not alienate yourself. So overly competitive you're going to alienate yourself. You're not going to get people helping you if you don't help them. You're going to create multiple silos and your leadership's not going to put up with that. If you're overly helpful every time someone in another department or another division needs some of your resources and you jump in and provide them, and at the end of the quarter, they're showing the results and and you aren't, 
if there's a promotion on the line and only one person gets it, you're not going to get it. And if in the tight economy, if one of the divisions can no longer exist, it will probably be yours. And that did not, that team orientation did not serve you well. So it's really a balancing act. It's a tough balancing act. And there's no simple solution and there's no cure and there's no methodology just to get ahead. It's, it's this ability to kind of manage on what I call the balls of your feet to be both proactive and reactive, you know, not swing to one of the extremes, you know, and then as long as you're up front, as they all are, they all know they want to win as much fun as they're having together as Gina and Haley encourage each other as Blake and Chris have their little, you know, back and forth with each other. It's very upfront and it's no secret that they all want to end up as the American Idol. So they're not dishonest about their context being a competitive one either. Well, and if you have mutual respect for each other, that's, you know, may the best man win It's or woman win. It's not a, a matter of being chosen, you know, something negative about yourself, but maybe somebody did outperform you in a year. Maybe that encourages you to be better next year. Great point. Great point. Again, back to no excuses doing what we can do. The more we can bring control back into our own sphere, what can we do to affect our situation, take ownership for that and be creative and energetic with it, then we can feel good even if we lose the competition. But if we lose the competition because we, all our attention and energy was focused on the obnoxiousness of others and how they did to get ahead and their lack of ethics and how they stepped on people and how they never chipped in and they drew all the attention to themselves and never gave anyone else credit for work, then you know, even though those things go on in the workplace, it's really us who have allowed it to take our focus off our own performance. Well, let's, let's flip sides now and talk about those um, people, and we may have encountered them, that are just naturally competitive. That's how they, they feel that they do the best. They're all about winning. They need affirmation. It's sort of like the me show for that person. As you can tell, I don't like them. But give me some insight as to you know why I should have some respect for this person or coexist with this person. At this point, I'm like, what a loser. But you know, there may be more to it. <laughs> Well, there's definitely more to it because these people bring an incredible energy and creativity to teams. They just, uh, who knows where it comes from sometimes. They are driven and they don't often know themselves. But that's a inc- wonderful resource. That's a, that kind of aggressive push, push, push is, is a wonderful compliment to all the other kind of working styles there are. Okay, that, I think you're painting this a little too positive, but please keep going. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wanted to help you get through your... Uh, yeah, obviously a personal issue. <laughs> yeah, I didn't want anybody not to make it home to their family tonight because <laughs> you took them out. It's you, it's you, you're competitive. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but on the other hand, maybe the work context is not a competitive one and you right. really do need to help each other. And, and this person's more driven than you are, and it's making your work life miserable. So there we get back into communication techniques like giving people information about the impact mm-hmm. that their behavior is having. So the problem is not that they're competitive. Here's where I want to draw some attentions mm-hmm. or that they have this style. That's not bad. What's not working for you is that it's uh, you're not doing enough, or maybe they're interpreting that you're not doing enough, it's, or it's driving you crazy. You, you aren't that driven, and so you just feel pressure, pressure, pressure all the time. So that's where you want to shift your attention is why does this create such a tension for me? 
And if there's something they can do to help you with that, tone down their rhetoric sometime or see you as on their side and instead of against them, you may be able to help. Mm -hmm. could set them free too. I mean, some people just view it, the world as one which everyone's against them mm-hmm. and all things are, they need just to, to win for some reason. Well, I think reason m- mostly, I, I, tell me how you would deal with a situation where maybe you're working on a team, and but that person seems to do all the talking and do all the taking credit for what you did as a team, kind of demoralizing everybody else. And it's it's not necessarily that, you know, they didn't contribute or we didn't do enough, but more that they kind of overemphasize their role and diminish others in this competitive attitude. Okay, if they are taking credit for team effort and if they're making it seem like they are trying harder because they have a driven style and other people are not pulling their weight because they don't have a driven style, then that needs to be confronted. That's what I would call an unacceptable form of competitiveness. And there, where I would start is is talking to them one-on-one and saying, play it low at the start and just say, what gives here? You know, What's going on? What's the deal taking the credit for what we all did? You're putting them on alert that you, um, they're not getting away with anything. They've been seen. They've been caught, so to speak. And that often is a cautionary for many people. Most people aren't doing these things consciously or in- intentionally. And then another is to bring it up with others. But you always want to keep them in the loop. I'm bringing this up at the next team meeting. Let's have it out as a group, you know, right in front of the boss, because that just doesn't work for me. And we all work hard and, and you're getting it all. And that is a reality for some people in the workplace. It is a reality. It's a, it's a big reality. What will actually set you free more is just to come to terms with how much it upsets you. Which obviously it did. It obviously did. Yeah. That you're doing to yourself, getting so upset and so worked up about it. Once you can come to terms with it's you that's bothered, then get that out on your spouse or a good friend, then once that anger, that frustration's out of your system a little, your conversation with the other person can sound a lot more even keeled and you can just focus right on, you know, that's not what's going on here. I'm not okay with you taking credit for what's team effort. If we had to give advice to the American Idol contestants, it would be complain to your mom and not to each other. Not on national television. Right. Exactly. If there's one critique of this year that I've heard more than once is that it's a, a weak playing field of all the years. And in order for that show to survive, in order for 30, 40 million people to tune in, that's got to be good entertainment. They have got to want every single one of them playing their best game. It can be competitive wise, they could wish everybody flopped every week and they stood out. You know, if that makes for a weak season and then the whole thing drops off, then, you know, instead of the top four or five of them getting to cut albums, which is what happened last year, uniquely enough. You know, and again, only the top one gets to, well, then they've, they've all lost out, even if they didn't win. So you got to watch that. Really, you got to want everybody to play at the top of their game. That gets the viewership, and you want to be better than them. And that's where you want to compete, and you want to pull out all your stops, and it is every person for themselves. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Any predictions, Carl? Well... Predictions or knowledge? What are you asking for? <laughs> Who's your favorite? Jordan Sparks. <laughs> Jordan Not Sparks. a question. All right. All right. Thank you for listening. This is our this is our last and final series on American Idol. Next week we'll We're gonna miss it. We're gonna miss it. Next week we'll begin our series on performance evaluations. We are going to change those from being these moments of judgment that people dread 
into these collaborative goal-setting encounters. Wonderful. Check us out on the website at www.boldenterprises.com. This podcast is a Bold Enterprises production.